Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level three, quick and Saturday Vincent Sport Talk Radio. We were talking earlier about Kevin Gossman being on fire. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sirius XM, Channel 159. We'll welcome our AM radio affiliates momentarily. But I was talking about Kevin Gossman. We won a prop tonight. We gave him the same game parlay with the Blue Jays to win and Gossman over strikeouts. Gossman has the most strikeouts this early in the season in Blue Jays history. Blue Jays have had some pretty damn good pitchers over the years, man. Like they, I just saw the this I just saw a list popped up in front of me. I, I want to get this up. Roger Clemens, Roy Holiday. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, serious guys. Dave Steve, serious arms over the years the Jays have had in their history. And uh, he's got more strikeouts than anyone. But the problem is the market's caught up. It was seven and a half, and he got to eight. So as great as he is, whatever. It's like Spencer Strider. You get ten, but the market is nine and a half. All right, the French Open. So we were talking earlier the French Open. Um, I was going to say, Matthias, on Sunday night, we're going to get into the French Open. That was my plan. Sunday night show. Sunday, bloody Sunday. That was my plan for the last week. I'm like, you know what? That'll be our big tennis. I was going to spend like an hour. Uh, you know, seriously. We don't have an hour to spend on it tonight, suddenly. Now we're not on Sunday. <laughs> so <laughs> get your picks ready. <laughs> get, get, get your <laughs> I'll, picks ready. I'll, I'll find the best bets. I'm, I'll definitely yeah, get yeah. some best bets ready to go. Yeah, but first things first before, let me get to this guy here. What's his name? Gaston. Gaston. Or as uh, Ralph Furley would call him, Gaston. Give me some of those escargots. So what's the deal with this guy? I tweeted this story out the other day. Um, Who is it? Is it Hugo Gaston? Is this the guy? Yeah, yeah, Hugo. ATP Tour finds French tennis player... More than uh, total earnings in the entire year. <laughs> All right. uh, they fought, what did he get fined? One hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars. So, um, for unsportsmanlike conduct of violation, it's the third time he's done this. You're a big tennis fan, Matthias. I don't. I to me, I'd kick his ass off the tour. So Hugo Gaston got fined $155,000, more than total his prize earnings in 2023. He's made $121,000 for his fourth unsportsmanlike conduct violation. This isn't like telling the, the judge you're an idiot or something. The tour announced the fine this past Monday um, after an April 28th incident in which uh, Gaston pulled a tennis ball out of his pocket in an attempt to get the chair empire to call off a point during a second-round loss to Croatian player uh, Borna Koric. Video instantly began circulating on social media and shows the moment Gaston pulls the ball out of his pocket and throws it onto the court. He can then be seen pointing at as he tries to get the umpire's attention. <laughs> uh, the massive fine is well over Gaston's earnings. According to the ATP Tours, he's um, he's, uh, he's two and five this year, 22-year-old. He's made $121,000 in prize money. It's not bad. According to the tour, sports like contest increased by 100%, which is a consecutive violation. 
We'll give Matias a take. Dude, this is like a golfer dropping a second ball on the course. You got to kick him out. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the buster, but everybody else in between. All right, listen, we're, <laughs> we've got Rob Vino. We're going to do some USL fo fo football and uh, NBA basketball. But I want to talk about the uh, the French Open. But so you got this dude, French tennis player, Hugo Gaston. Gaston. He dropped. This is the fourth time he's done this where he drops a ball. Uh, you know, like tennis players, they keep the ball in their pockets, which I never understood, actually. That's what the ball boys are behind you for. I know. In their pocket. Yet, the hell was that? Um, come on, band. <laughs> Sports rage, band. Kill the music there. All right. So, as I was saying, this guy, he drops like a tennis. He drops a second ball on the court in play and to me to me that's like a golfer literally like dropping a ball on the green or something like that to get a, a better shot like that's something like donald trump would do <laughs> like you know what I mean? and i'm not getting political but he's known for being the biggest golf cheater in the history of golfing right <laughs> there's a <laughs> no i'm dead serious what a great I, like, example I'm, yeah, yeah I'm not, yeah. no there's a picture trump dropping the balls like, oh, that wasn't me <laughs> no it's a mystery there's an episode of Simpsons. mr burns does it too rick riley we had the great uh the, the writer on right rick riley wrote a book about trump and golf cheaters and stuff uh, there's a famous story with trump trump's playing with like one of his donors Right. And, um, you know, guy donates money to Trump, big money guy, and he's donating money. And Trump is playing with the guy and the guy's son. And the guy, the father, the donor guy that gave all this money to Trump smoked a ball onto the green. And then the son smoked a ball onto the green. Donald Trump shanked a shot. All right. They both saw him shank his shot, Matthias. They get. They get to the green, and Trump goes, what a shot I hit. And he stole the kid's shot. There was a couple of shots from the hole. And his dad, and the kid said to his dad, that's not his shot. That's not his ball. And his dad told him, shut up. That's Donald Trump. <laughs> so when you're a Trump shooting, like, 68 and stuff, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I shot a 64 last week, too, at Palm Springs. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. The Friday Night Freak Show continues. This is Fortrage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust up, and everybody else in between, including Rob Vino, RobVinoSports.com. 
wagertalk.com. We've got a crazy, busy, stupid weekend of sports uh, this weekend. The Indy 500, Coca-Cola 600, Formula One from Monte Carlo, NBA, Game 6, NHL Hockey, Game 5, Full Slate of Major League Baseball, MLS Soccer, and, of course, Week 7 of the USFL. Rob Vino, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Hey, glad to be here today, Gabe. Huge weekend. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm sure I forgot something and left something out, but I got to tell you, and I've got action on all of it, actually, Rob. <laughs> I'm betting on, I bet Formula One all the time. I love the Indy 500. I'll dip my beak into the Coca-Cola 600. You know I'm betting the NBA game. I'm betting the NHL game. I'll be betting Major League Baseball, MLS soccer, and USFL football. And I don't know if it's a good thing because there's been times where I've loved cards and lost, and there's been times where I've gone into a weekend confused about card and end up winning a bunch of money. But I really like the USFL card from a betting perspective this week, Rob. Well, it's an interesting one, certainly, because it's all divisional, and we're late in the season here, week seven, so they're meaningful games. The standings are kind of cramped on both sides. So um, second time around for these matchups, right? So we've seen them once. And uh, the USFL, you're right, though, Gabe, it has kind of been – um, it come kind of in waves. You see a team play good for two, three weeks, then all of a sudden the next two, three weeks, you wonder if you're watching the same exact team. And there's been some shifting. So you have to adjust on the fly here with the USFL each week. Well, what I like about it now, it's time for us to start taking positions and what our opinions on which direction the teams are going in, right? So let's start off with Birmingham and the Breakers. The Breakers stormed out of the um, the gates this year in the USFL. McLeod Bethel Thompson, former Toronto Argonaut quarterback, was lighting the league up earlier in the season, uh, but they've hit a wall. Reality is starting to settle in with this Breakers team right now. So they beat the Stallions in a track meet earlier in the season. Of course, uh, everybody knows Birmingham were the dominant team uh, last year. They looked the part again early this year, and then they sort of had a slump for a couple of weeks. I don't know if they're fully back, but I think the Stallions are getting back on track. I think the Breakers are going in the wrong direction right now. It's a revenge spot, and technically, guys, it might say Birmingham at New Orleans. The game's in Birmingham, okay? So the game's in Birmingham, Alabama. I see no reason why not to take the Birmingham Stallions and the over in this game. Yeah, and the money would suggest the same as far as the Stallions are concerned, Gabe. And it is interesting to see Birmingham listed on top. They are the home team. We know that they are one of a couple of crowds in the uh, USFL with a couple of teams with natural home fields and two places where a couple of places that in Memphis being the other where the people show up. We've known that about Birmingham since last year. Um, here's how I feel about Birmingham. I don't like what I see out of their defense as of late. I love what I see out of their offense. Um, Alex Magoo, I think you could make the case that he's in the lead as the front runner for MVP of this league, the way he's played dual threat quarterback the last few weeks. Birmingham moves the ball. I got a couple of numbers here as far as how effective they are at scoring points because I like the over here. 14 trips into the red zone the last four weeks, 10 touchdowns. So 71% of the time they get it there, they push it in. That's a lot of touchdowns. In the first game, um, the shootout that you talked about, 45-31, New Orleans, which was in Birmingham again. So maybe the home field, you know, New Orleans does use it as theirs too, but the fans will certainly be on Birmingham's side. Birmingham had a kickoff return for touchdown, 82 yards that day by Deion Kane, who they just reactivated this week. So, when I started checking into how that yardage and points were accumulated in the first game, how about 390 yards worth of kickoff returns in that game? Eli Stove and Deion Kane putting on a show 30 per. They get the offense of Birmingham plus their special teams. On the other side, the Birmingham pass defense has been, you know, it picked apart a little bit through the last four weeks. So I feel like McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, and company can make a little bit of a comeback here. They've played a couple of really good defenses in the last three weeks when they faltered. I like over 45 and a half in the game. If I had to play side, I would lean Birmingham here because I think they will. I think Magoo's the hotter quarterback right now, so I would lean that way. Rob Vino kicking with us. I am Gable Brancy. I agree. As we stated, I like Birmingham, and I like the over. It's two and a half right now. You can play the money line. You can lay the two and a half. I would prefer the money line in that spot, but it's up to you. Uh, Philadelphia Stars. So, for the record, actually, Birmingham and the Breakers, the game's at 1, uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. 4 o'clock uh, Eastern on Fox. And then we got the Philadelphia Stars and the Pittsburgh Maulers, another rematch. And you and I have talked a lot about this Philadelphia Stars team. Of course, they made it to the championship game last year. They're not the same team as they were last year, but defensively, their defense has really stepped up. Their special teams play is great. I mean, Aguilar hit uh, eight field goals in that football game. They don't score on offense, Rob, but they keep on finding ways to win football games. 
So this game is at nine o'clock Pacific, uh, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific. FS1, Philadelphia Stars and the Pittsburgh Maulers. Uh, this game's in Canton, Ohio. And um, hard not to like the under here, Rob. I see a 39 right now. The Maulers are minus one. I like the Stars plus the one, and I like the under. Yeah, I'd agree, Gabe, especially with under here. Philadelphia, as you mentioned, two of the last three weeks, they don't even get the 200 total yards offense. And last week, they win despite committing 13 penalties for 144 yards. So, you know, they, they actually looked halfway decent offensively last week, but the penalties really got in the way and uh, held them to 16 points in that contest. But I like the part where you said they're finding ways to win. And when you start finding ways to win, even though you're not playing your best, generally speaking, that leads to a game or to the breakout game where you do play well. So I think Philly would be the right side here. Pittsburgh again last week, 11 possessions, no touchdowns. They thought they had found something the two weeks prior. Really looks like they haven't found anything. And um, I like uh, the difference in the Philadelphia defense as of right now, especially in the form of pass rush and pass defense game. They probably get the Pittsburgh quarterback here quite a bit. So I saw uh, a switch at quarterback last week for Pittsburgh. They went to James Morgan, the kid who quarterbacked Bowling Green and Florida International in college. He looked a little bit better, but not great. So I would have to lean Philadelphia here, certainly under 39 and a half. The Philadelphia games don't have any possessions in them. The clock just seems to run out real quick. So um, I'd probably go that route. And we know that they kicked eight field goals the week before. They're not the best at putting it in the end zone for touchdowns. No, they're a terrible red zone offense. And I agree with what you said. You're right. There's like there's like two possessions a quarter in their games, basically. <laughs> like even if they don't score, they'll eat up like five minutes and then punt. They'll get a penalty, they'll go backwards and then and then they'll punt. But they're finding ways. And listen, we know this is a group that has won football games, right? So so they're sort yeah. of underachieved. You know, they're they're a five hundred team right now, but I think they're gonna finish above five hundred. So I just sort of think Philadelphia is starting to turn a corner a little bit. We'll see if the offense can do what the defense has been doing. So it's unfortunate, isn't Rob? Because two, these are two teams that you and I have been riding, and they, man, the Houston Gamblers and the Memphis Showboats. And we were on them last week. We were on them two weeks ago. They've both been red hot. It's unfortunate they're playing against each other right now. Another rematch. Houston beat them earlier in the year. But with that being stated, I think Memphis are the better team. I think Houston are good and they're very efficient. They, you know, Kenji Bahardi doesn't do anything too fancy. They don't make a lot of mistakes. If they need seven yards, they throw it eight yards. If they need three yards, they rush for four yards. It's very systematic. They do have a physical, nasty defense, the Gamblers. Uh, but we know how good the showboat defense is. They pitched a shutout last week. I like the under in this game. And I don't really understand why the game's not pick them. And we're getting three points with the Memphis showboats right now. Yeah, I totally agree, Gabe. And I don't know why they're betting the total up in this game. You can catch 43 and a half now in some spots telling you that a 23-20 game. Doesn't this feel like a smash mouth type of defensive battle this game? That's what I see. I mean, watching them both, you have to believe that they're both really dependent on the uh, pitch, excuse me, Houston more so dependent on the run game. They do it a little bit better. They don't throw it real well. Um, Memphis hasn't thrown it real well the last couple of weeks either. They're kind of dependent on the run game. They didn't do anything offensively last week, but they still won based on the defense. The pass rushes are really, really good here. At the point of attack, they've both become very, very good. So I, my first glance, Gabe, it was the first game I bet under 43 um, in this contest. I do see 43 and a half now out there. I probably should have waved a little bit. I'd like that extra half a point. But for those of you shopping it, defenses are the best units on the field, plain and simple. Unless we see a lot of turnovers that lead to short yardage touchdowns, um, I don't see how this one gets over. Again, these are a couple of teams that grind clock. Pittsburgh, or excuse me, Houston with that running game. No, you're right. Ryan's clock with Mark Let's Thompson, hit this so. on the other side. Let's get, we'll get back into it on the other side. But listen, I don't think it's going to sail under or anything like that, but it feels to me like it's a 21-17 Memphis game or, you know what I mean, sort of 21-20. I think it creeps under the number. More with Rob on the other side. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen Gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all our AM radio affiliates. We throw it down. Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Gabriel Morancy kicking it with the great Rob Vino in Philadelphia, PA right now. Rob Vino, sports.com, wagertalk.com. We were just wrapping up the Houston Gamblers and the Memphis Showboats on the other side, discussing how we both like the under of this game. Now, listen, it's not like it's 49 and a half or anything like that. Rob's seen some 43 and a halfs out there. But it sort of feels to me like it's a high 30s or real low 40s type game. I'm not so, you know, but when I looked at this, the first thing I thought was was Memphis. And then I thought, you know what? This is just going to be a hard-hitting smash-mouth football game where, you know, my first score that popped in my head was like 21-15, 21-14 type yeah. thing uh, for, for Memphis. And they what? What they won 22-0 last week. Yeah, absolutely. The defense shut Pittsburgh down, and the Houston defense has shut everybody down. They held uh, New Jersey scoreless until the fourth quarter last week. That's a pretty good New Jersey offense. I think the difference maker here in this game, Gabe, and I'm going to talk from a side perspective here, could be quarterback Cole Kelly for Memphis because the dual threat capability, he can get them out of a bad situation with his legs. Um, The kid who used to quarterback down in the – uh, oh goodness, the uh, I'm forgetting which conference it is down there in the South Southland Conference, but his ability to run the football I think can make plays that Houston might not be able to make. Kenji Bahar's all right, not great, and obviously they're going to focus on stopping Mark Thompson here. So I'm going to go under, and this is a league game. Thank goodness, where um you know for the most part they do kick extra points, and for the most part we do get truer key numbers than we did in the XFL as far as total betting is concerned. So. 43 and a half to me seems large. The, the great Southeastern Louisiana University, uh, Rob. <laughs> In Hammond, Louisiana. Hammond, Louisiana. Uh, Rob Vino kicking to us. So finally, in closing here, Rob, as far as the USFL is concerned, the Michigan Panthers and the New Jersey Generals. The Generals have struggled. I look at the under in this game. I mean, the Generals can't throw the football. They're going to run the ball. Um, I assume that DeAndre Johnson will be the quarterback. Uh, this week, you know, the Kyle Oletta experiment did not work out. This is a very simple football team. Can they just you know ground and pound enough to cover the number? I like the under, and I think the Generals do get on track here. But it, it is it's I see a seven here. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think what, a lot of what we saw the first time, we'll see the second time. The first time was a 28-13 New Jersey win. I think their offense a little bit better than what they've shown the last few weeks. Of course, they played decent defenses last three weeks. We talked about Houston. We talked about Philly turning a corner defensively and then the, the breakers, the game before that. And, and a couple of those self-imposed um, problems with, you know, Darius Victor hardly ever fumbles the ball one week. He walks out there and fumbles three times. So it's interesting to me because Mike Riley had the dual system quarterbacks last year, one runner, one thrower, DeAndre Johnson being the guy last year that was more uh, with his leg than with his arm. And this year it hasn't succeeded the way it did last year. Last year they could run the football game and then play action off of that, and they were a dominant offense, and I'm still waiting for that to happen. You see it in periods, short periods, but you don't see it full game. 
I'm not getting anywhere near Michigan right now. That's the worst football team in this league at this point in time. Um, they can't move the football. So I kind of like laying the points. I know seven's a lot in this league. Seven's a lot with a team that hasn't scored much in New Jersey. But I just feel like they can keep Michigan to 10 or less, and that should be enough to get this uh, to get that cover of seven points. Well, word of no lie, I recorded a video uh, before, uh, before tonight's show with my USFL picks, and me and Rob agree on everything. I would say, you know what, Rob, be worried, but we went 6-0 and last week, so don't be worried. We're going to kill it again this week, bro. It was a great week last week. It's going to be another great week this week. It's been a good league to follow, Gabe, um, certainly as far as betting is concerned. And, you know, money's money, right? We'll take it wherever we can get it from. Yeah, you know what? When when you get paid, man, the banker doesn't ask you whether you won the game on a, um, won it on a New Orleans breaker game or a New Orleans Saint game. They just pay you, man. The money is the same. So let's get into the National Basketball Association. Big Saturday night, big-time game uh, in South Beach. We have a big NHL game as well. Both the series get extended, so you know the networks and the leagues were happy about that. The question is, are we going to go seven in the association? What's your take on Saturday night's game between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, Rob Vino? I mean, I sit here and I wait for this status on Gabe Vincent. Gabe, I'll say this really quickly. I was surprised in game four that I didn't really see. Maybe you saw it differently, but I didn't see any sense of urgency out of Miami to close this thing out. They looked a little nonchalant. They got punched in the mouth right away, and then they never really came back um, with anything that scared you like they might win the game. But I think you'll get that sense of urgency in Miami tomorrow. So if they have Gabe Vincent, I lean Miami a little bit. Boston's regained a lot of confidence here, and they've made threes the last couple of games, so that's what they do. New Orleans didn't make threes. New Orleans, excuse me, uh, um, Miami did not go to the free throw line at all, Gabe, uh, in Thursday night's game. Eight of ten from the free throw line. Jimmy Butt was the only starter who shot a free throw. That's got to change. It hadn't been that way throughout the series. They had shot 28 free throws the game before. I would look two ways if Gabe Vincent's playing. A, I would be on the uh, Miami team total over 103.5 because they've proven to be a machine at covering that type of number until the last two games. And I'd probably look Miami to finish that thing out in the, on their home floor if, in fact, they have Gabe Vincent. Without him, you saw Marcus Smart go crazy offensively last night because he's got an advantage. Kyle Lowry can't cover him. Duncan Robinson can't cover anybody. So uh, Gabe Vincent's hugely important. And who would have thought we'd be saying that at this time of year? in a game like this that Gabe Vincent would be a guy I'm sitting on before I make my bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing, isn't it? You know what? <laughs> Gabe Vincent's agent is happy uh, that you are because Gabe Vincent's actually a free agent. So it's pretty good timing uh, for Gabe Vincent. Yeah, it is It is amazing, isn't it, suddenly who becomes important um, in these playoff uh, runs. All right, uh, Rob, I agree with you once again, so I don't want to scare you, but I've been saying I called. I said Boston <laughs> routes them last night, and I said Miami will finish it off on Saturday night, and then I think Denver handles Miami rather easily, actually. I, I don't know if they sweep them, but I think Denver in, like, five type of thing. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Denver's so good right now. They've had so much rest. Miami will have been through a grind with Boston here. Um, yeah, I could see that. Somebody told me today, Gabe, and I didn't look up the numbers. Um, maybe you can help me out here, but somebody said if I play Denver right now to win the NBA Finals, they were – like there was a plus sign next to their name, um, especially if they play Boston because they would be the road team. But I can't see Denver being a plus against either of these two teams. No, you know what the prop was is um, you could take Denver to beat. You got to take the specific team. Well, you, you know okay. what I'm saying? So it's like, all right, yeah. so Denver to beat um, Den- Denver to beat Miami is plus money. All right, let's see. So um, here we go. Um, Denver, Denver to beat the Miami Heat plus one hundred and five at FanDuel right now. Crazy. Um, Denver to beat the Boston Celtics plus three hundred and sixty. Come on, <laughs> that's that's what it is right now. So that, that they have so yeah NBA Finals exact result Denver Nuggets to beat Miami Heat plus one hundred and five and NBA Finals exact result is a bet that most books have but FanDuel are doing it before here but yeah Rob those are the numbers Denver Nuggets to beat Miami Heat plus one hundred and five. Boston Celtics to beat Denver Nuggets plus 280. Denver Nuggets to beat Boston Celtics plus 360. Miami Heat to beat Denver Nuggets plus 550. 
So, dude, they've got the Boston Celtics to beat the Denver Nuggets at plus 280, despite the fact that freaking Celtics have two more games before they even get there. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I get Boston would have home floor advantage because they had the better record, but th- there's just no way. I, I would. I, I have to get involved in that before the result of tomorrow. Saturday's game is is uh, known. Yeah, no, it's a good point. We have until tomorrow to tip up before this this prop changes. All right, Rob. Before we get you out of here, uh, Saturday's baseball card. We did pretty well on Friday night, actually, on the diamond. What are your thoughts on Saturday's card? Is, does anything catch your eye early? That Dodgers-Rays series is an interesting one in which it's the first time they played since the 2020 World Series. We saw the Rays get the best of them. But I've told people this time and time again, and, man, i, I got to speak to Ralph Michaels because he's the numbers kingpin. But I mm-hmm. want to know the Dodgers' record, and uh, I, you know, I should know it right now, the Dodgers' record in game ones of series is essentially. That's when you get the Dodgers. And I know that Tampa's really, really good. But uh, I'm telling you, Rob, the Dodgers will lose game one. They'll roll into a town, especially on the road. They'll lose game one. Then they finally, you know, they'll usually win the series after. But they got Kershaw on the hill against Glass now. And the Dodgers are small underdogs. That's an intriguing game. And uh, the Philadelphia Phillies from your backyard are in Atlanta again. What do you think of Saturday's card? Yeah, you wonder if you can't play that Kershaw-Glass now game over the total gave Kershaw coming off the eye or at least the bereavement list. Right. And, and glass now hasn't thrown an awful lot of innings here uh, since his return. So I would think that, um, you know, eight looks a little bit small with those two offenses. And the fact that you're probably going to get into some bullpen action here uh, where Philadelphia is concerned. I really like Zach Wheeler, but he hasn't performed up to standards so far this year. Neither has Charlie Morton. But to me, the plus price looks a little bit large there. Haven't played it, but I might take a look towards Zach Wheeler first five to outpitch Charlie Morton. I don't want to get involved with the Philly bullpen because that thing is a disaster. Um, but those are just early looks here. Maybe L.A., Tampa over, and possibly Philly first five. You know what? The Blue Jays are a really, really streaky team. And mm. as bad as they could be, they're also capable of sweeping teams and going on these little runs and stuff. I think the Blue Jays with Bassett. Bassett's had some great stuff. Last game, he had bad luck, man. Guerrero was like a single-man wrecking crew in the infield. <laughs> and mm. you know, Guerrero had a nightmare inning. There was like four unearned runs. So you know what? I think the Blue Jays could be uh, a team to keep her eye on tomorrow against the, uh, the Minnesota Twins. You can follow me um, on Twitter at SportsRage. You can get uh, Rob on Twitter at RobVinoSports, RobVinoSports.com. And, of course, WagerTalk.com with all the great uh, podcast picks, videos, and everything else in between. Rob, it's always a pleasure, my man. Let's crush that USFL again. You got it, buddy. Have a good weekend. Thanks for having me tonight. There's Rob Vino, the Friday Night Freak Show. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the 117th dust-up between the snort and swine of Springfield A&M and the Springfield University Nittany Tide. Oh, doctor, break out the hickory switch. 
to Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Renzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. Thanks to Rob Vino for joining us. Man, I'm looking forward to this USFL card, actually, for real. Um, it took us a little while to get into a USFL groove, but it's week seven right now. There's still a lot of football left. We've got uh, week seven, week eight, week nine, week ten, another four weeks of regular season play, and then a couple of weeks of playoff action. We racked up the W's and we racked up the dollars during the XFL. Uh, ended up going 36 and 21. We're now 17, 11, and two in the USFL. And to recap, what I'm going to be betting here. And uh, I did a video already, and that was before the show started. And I don't like disagreeing with Rob Vino, because Rob Vino kills these leagues as well. But me and Rob are kindred spirits with the USFL and the XFL. And um, Rob doesn't know as much about the CFL, though. So he's going he's gonna to have to lean on me. Lean on me, and um, we're ready to go. CFL preseason, we gave you a winner tonight on the TV show. Said under 44 and a half, finished at 43. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. We're on a roll right now, and we'll get into the international aspect of this because a lot of stuff uh, going on. But I do like the Miami Heat tomorrow. And it's funny how when I watch ESPN and I read mainstream, mainstream websites, everybody is pretty much given the series right now, Matthias, to the Boston Celtics. But if you'll notice... All of our guests like the Miami Heat. And for whatever it's worth, on game time decisions tonight, everybody liked the Miami Heat. So it seems like the betting world and you know the, the handicappers in the betting world, people in the betting industry, all like the Miami Heat in this game. And the mainstream media and the public think the Boston Celtics are going to come back and win this game. And I think people buy into what they saw last all the time, and I get it. You're buying into what you saw last twice right now because Boston had played well two games in a row. But let's not forget Miami played well three games in a row. The only question mark to me is Miami's health. You know, like Gabe Vincent's injured, Kyle Lowry's injured, Bam Adebayo was injured. The the injuries are real to, to Miami right now. But there's one game, you know, there's one game left here on their home court. And I think they understand the stakes I'm not going to say they can't win going back and they can't win going back to Boston on Monday, but I tell you what, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. So I think the Miami Heat are going to find a way. Matthias, you you said Miami. It looks like it's a clean sweep across the board, which is almost scary because we haven't had one guest on two shows right now, and we had a lot of guests on earlier today and a lot of guests tonight. We haven't had anybody. Besides Keith Smith, actually, who's a Boston Celtic guy. We should note that. <laughs> Besides Keith, who's very optimistic about the Boston Celtics. And I understand his optimism. But I don't think it'll be pretty. I don't even know about the total, guys. I've been betting. I bet the over. I've been riding this Miami Heat wave to the over. Doesn't mean we're going to do it every game. Tomorrow, coming into this game, I'm not even too interested in all these player props and everything. I think Miami going to win. I got a $1,000 bet on Miami Heat to win a series. So... If they don't win the game tomorrow, I'm not, I don't believe in hedging and stuff, but we will be screwed, so I'm just going to have to bet on the other side after. I'm going to have to lay a lot of money to get my $1,000 back. I don't think it happens. I think Miami win. Are you sticking to it, Matias? The Miami Heat win the basketball game tomorrow. I am sticking with it, Gabe. I am sticking with it. I'm sticking with it because of Jimmy Butler. I, I keep trying to think of reasons why not, and if I had to lay down on one guy on both teams to take me over the line, take me to the top in a game like this. I think it's a must win for Miami. I know that they lose this game, they go back to Boston, but like you said, and like most people think, that if Miami loses this game tomorrow, it's going to be a blowout game seven in Boston. So tomorrow is the day. And I think they get it done. You know, they got they got some big guys in that locker room. I think Udonis Haslam is also a voice in that locker room that kind of calms this team down and kind of brings them back down to earth and lets them know we actually beat this team three times before they beat us these last two times. Let's not forget that. I know that they've won the last two games. Oh, exactly. They have the momentum. But tomorrow the adrenaline will rush when you get into that building and the guys will be excited to play. You know, they the building will not be screaming, let's go Celtics tomorrow. You know, <laughs> they'll be screaming, let's go Heat, and they're going to be feeling good and Jimmy's going to be feeling good good everybody's gonna have that smile and that swagger tomorrow that they didn't have uh in game five you know what we had drew martin uh on uh yesterday good friend of ours uh great guy drew and uh drew's a south florida guy and um and we were talking about this and he admitted it. he goes listen 
Miami fans are bandwagon fans, point blank. He's, you know, the Panthers, the Miami Heat and stuff. But he goes, when things are going well, you won't find, like, a more rocking building. And it's true. Like, the Florida Panthers had the seventh worth attendance in the, in the National Hockey League this year. Watch one of their playoff games right now. Dude, like, you're not, you know, seriously. I spent, like, literally, like, thousands of nights, over a thousand nights in the Montreal Forum and the Bell Center of Montreal, you know, one of the cathedrals of hockey. It ain't crazy like that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's crazy, but in a, in a more prestigious way. But, like, the Florida Panthers, like I said, like, during the regular season, whatever, they have the seventh worth attendance in the National Hockey League. You know, they barely sold out any games. And now in the playoffs, they're winning, they're in the cup, the building is lit. Same thing with the Miami Heat. Nobody has ever talked over the years about, oh, yeah, you know what, that, you know, man, it's tough to play in Miami. No, it isn't. What, Jimmy Buffett, and you know what I mean? There's no one there. There's like, you know, even when LeBron was there, there was empty seats in the finals and stuff. It wouldn't sell out, like, fully. It wasn't empty or anything, but Miami's never been known as this, like, same thing with the Dolphins. Miami's not a great sports city. It just isn't. I don't know what it is. I guess it's a party city, and there's so much going on. And maybe the teams haven't been great. But when things go well, people jump on the bandwagon pretty quickly. And like I said, Drew lives there, and he said it. And, man, you know, like, the same thing with Miami. Like, this place is going to be lit tomorrow night. I don't want to simplify things. Steve Merrill brought this up earlier in the night tonight, but he was bang on about it in the sense that if you look at the, the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, and these guys have played each other a bunch of times in the playoffs. Like, it's like the third time in four years or whatever, right? I don't know, like, and even more. They're, they're always playing against each other. So if you look at the numbers, it basically comes down. It's very simple. Who hits more threes? Who, like, who shoots the three better? Who turns the ball over less? Boston have been shooting the three well. But I think, I think that the Miami can find a way tomorrow night and just win this game. But Rob Vino was like, wow, well, those are great numbers. Let's look at these numbers. And FanDuel have them. Uh, you, know, the, you guys can find this right now. So NBA Finals exact result, and I'm looking around, and every sports book has them. They're a little bit different. FanDuel have some good ones if you like Denver. Denver to beat the Miami Heat is plus 105. Denver to beat the Boston Celtics is plus 360 right now. So if you took them, if you like Denver, you could take them both. They're both plus money. You're not losing. And and you can put less on a Boston one because it's, it's plus 360, which is pretty crazy. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get a piece of, I'm going to take the Miami Heat on the money line tomorrow night because I think they're going to win a game. So I'm going to take a piece. Normally I'm about the point spread and stuff. I, you know, I guess I'll split it in half. I, you know, I'll get a piece of the three a bit, but it's about the plus money here. So we're getting plus 125. Give me the Miami Heat at plus 125 tomorrow. But before tip-off, and I guess we'll do it now or whatever after the show, whenever you want to do it, um, give me the Denver Nuggets to beat the Miami Heat in the finals at plus 105. The Denver Nuggets are going to be massive favorites against the Miami Heat. And then suddenly you're going to have them at plus 105? Rob Vino's been around I can't, I a long believe, time. I can't believe my ears right now, Gabe. I'm in shock. No, right no it's almost like it's an infomercial, it's, right? It's right? Listen, I was going to run to the window right now, Gabe. What? No, no, I was just going to say, <laughs> like, Rob Vino's been around a long time, and even Rob was like, what would you say, Gabe? What was that? What did you say about those numbers? And I repeated them, and I've double and triple and quadruple checked, Matthias. So it's not like, okay, no, oh, no, because sometimes you'll see something in betting. And he'd be like, oh, it was the first half only. Or like, you know what I mean? And then you're like, it was too good to be true. But yeah, like, dude, you're getting Denver at plus 105 to beat Miami. Bro, they're minus 210 to win a championship right now. You're getting plus money. And you can get plus money against Boston. And plus, they big number, big money against Boston. You take them both. And either way, you win money, but you can choose. Then you can take Denver again after. But I think Miami win tomorrow. We get we cash that ticket at plus one twenty five, and then we bet this before tip off. Denver to beat the Miami Heat in the finals right now is plus one hundred five at all sports books. Matthias, it's plus one hundred five or plus one ten even at some spots. Who needs to slide the dice when you should just be listening to sports rage? Jesus, let's go. Forget the you know, forget like the said, dice. Everybody sliding. talks about the same crap. We try to like <laughs> we peel the rock, like we we lift up the rock, Matthias. You know what I mean? We're looking for things here on this show. And we're always kicking things around here. 
And this this is one here. This is a good one. I'm going to tweet out what I'm going to do here, but basically what I'm going to do, I think Miami going to win, so I'm going to hit Miami. I'm going to play this Denver to beat Miami. And also, seriously, if you just put, all right, it's plus 360. So you put $500 down, you win 1800 bucks. All right, so you're winning $1,800. That's on the Boston Celtics side. So that's sort of insurance. But even with Denver and Miami, and I do think Denver going to win the finals anyways, it is better if they play Miami, obviously, because they have home court, and the Miami Heat aren't very good. But it doesn't mean they can't steal one more game, and they're going to steal this game tomorrow night on their home court. I wanted to get some motorsport here, and uh, we've got, uh, we got a triple header. Starts off uh, in the morning with the F1 Monte Carlo. The glamour of all races, Red Bull Racing, have won all five F1 races this year. That's right, they've won all five. Verstappen has won three times. Sergio Perez has won twice. Perez won here at Monte Carlo last year. Verstappen was third. Uh, we should note Max Verstappen won uh, here the year before. Red Bull have won three of the last four Monaco Grand Prix. Verstappen, you can get him at like plus 150 to win right now. He had the second, uh, in the second practice time, he had the fastest time. He's going to win the race. It's either going to be him or Perez. You get a big number for Perez right now. Um, how about this? Verstappen is 25 years old, and he's already six all-time for most wins in Formula One history with 38. Last year, he set the all-time record with 15 wins in one season. Should be noted, how good is Lewis Hamilton? He's got 103 career wins. Michael Schumacher, who I've always thought is the best driver ever, but i got to tip my cap to Hamilton and say he's better, um, had 91. Sergio Perez, great numbers. Two-time uh, race winner this year. One here last year. Great road course driver. This is a street race in Monte Carlo. Won in Azerbaijan, Saudi Arabia, Singapore. Similar sort of, you know, layouts. I'll tell you what, to Fernando Alonso, you don't want to overthink things here. If we're looking at a podium here, I know Ferrari always tests well and practice well here, but they never finish well here. So to me, Verstappen to win. i tell you what, massive great odds on Sergio Perez to win. Red Bull Racing, both to be on the podium. You're getting like plus 100 right now, which is a great number. And I tell you what, I think Fernando Alonso, who's a two-time winner here in Monte Carlo, has 440 uh, podium finishes this year. Um, can can finish third. Leclerc runs real fast here, but he always has bad luck. He is from Monte Carlo as well. We'll tweet out our best bets. Indy 500. Give me Alex Palou. This guy's track time was 234 miles an hour. 234. Fastest qualifying time in Indianapolis 500 history. Alex Palou at 6-1. to one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.
Yeah. Quickest hundred minutes of sports talk radio. We done. The late night anger man for class is his sports rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi. Thanks to all of our guests tonight. Rob Vino, uh, Keith Smith, Tony Finn. Got a monster weekend of sports coming up. We didn't spend too much time on the pucks uh, tonight. Uh, we've got, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to finish the Dallas Stars tomorrow. It was a valiant effort by the Stars last night. They played on their home ice. They don't have Jamie Benn again. I think it catches up to them. Vegas aren't like the Miami Heat. Like, Vegas are stocked. Like, they, I mean, they're, they have a full cupboard. They're, they're a good team. They're deep. They're loaded. Just because they lost the game, the skies have fallen on the Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights finish this series off tomorrow. I think the Miami Heat are going to win tomorrow as well. I think there's going to be a great game tomorrow. I don't think, you know, there's been a lot of blowouts. We, you know, one team wins and the other team shows up. I, I don't want to be cliche, but the thing is, the first quarters are massive in these big games. And we've seen it in the playoffs. These teams get off to a hot start. You know what I mean? Boston was up 23-7. It was game over. I think Miami get off to the hot start tomorrow. Boston come back. It's going to be a close game. I don't, you know, maybe I'll have a total pick tomorrow. I don't even really want to mess with it. I just think Boston going to win. We'll find some player props, a couple of player props or two. You know, we're never going to bet just one bet. We can't help ourselves. We're going to have a ton of MLS soccer tomorrow. Uh, follow me on Twitter at SportsRage. I'll post a bunch of picks uh, for the MLS. Uh, Motorsport, as we talked about. Verstappen's going to win. Sergio Perez is great odds right now. Alonzo's going to get on the podium. Follow me on Twitter. I'll post that. Uh, I'll, um, Indy 500. Six to one. Alex Palou. Give me Alex Palou and uh, Marcus Erickson. Marcus Erickson to win the Indy 500. Coca-Cola, 600. It ain't sexy, it ain't flashy, but give me Kyle Larson. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.